Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. You're tuned to Future Sense here with Steve McDonald, Nick Jeans, and Mitch Schultz on Bay FM 99.9, coming out of Byron Bay and uh, all around the world via podcast. Yeah, thanks for joining us here, and uh, hello to all of you out there. If you're listening from wherever you are, we uh, we noticed that we had quite a lot of listens in the last week to our podcast. So thank you for doing that, and keep listening, and keep passing it on. Indeed, we did indeed uh, over 1,200 listens within a week, which is a lot. And uh, I think just going back to late last year, we were getting around 300 and something a mm. week. So that's that's wonderful. Mm. Thank you for your support. Thank uh, you, Matt gonna, Humble. Yeah, thank you, Matt Humble. Yeah, Matt Humble's... Uh, Matt Humble, thanks for Matt Humble. Yeah, secret social media guy. Secret social media guy. Not yeah, so secret now. Your name's out, mate. <laughs> Matt. Mate, Matt. Matt, Matt. I just want to give a quick coronavirus update. Now, we spoke last week uh, in a special segment about, about the coronavirus and uh, the uncertainty about its origin and some of the strange little pieces of the puzzle which uh, no one's really put together properly yet. Um, and this week, to um, to give an update, uh, they're reporting in mainstream media that the total death toll exceeds 800 now, and I think uh, they're also reporting that that's more than died from the SARS epidemic back in 2003. Yes. Uh, I did note, though, that as far as I can see in the mainstream media, there's only been one death outside of China so far, so um, I, uh, I did a quick uh, search on the web and found an old article from the SARS outbreak in 2003 where they were reporting the 44th, 44th person had died in Canada from SARS, so clearly the international uh, death toll was higher than it is now uh, mm. back in the SARS epidemic. Is that because they've closed it down better this time? You think? Well, it could well be. It could yeah. well be because of that very, very rapid response. And yep. maybe, you know, maybe they learnt from uh, the SARS epidemic and that's why they acted so quickly to shut mm. things down. I did uh, come across an interesting report uh, which was from the Center for Disease Control in the US and they're just talking about general flu stats for this season and mm. so this is not coronavirus related this is just general flu information that they put out every flu season uh, and of course uh, flus and pandemics spread most during the cold weather so it's obviously you know, winter in the northern hemisphere at the moment so it's to be expected and as part of their routine reporting they have issued figures for the period from October the 1st, 2019 through February the 1st, 2020. And they are saying, and this is uh, what they, the CDC calls estimates, and the estimates, they say, um, doesn't they don't capture all the flu cases simply because they, they're not capable of doing that, so they have to rely on reports from doctors, medical institutions, and those sorts of things in order to put their stats together. And so they, they say that uh, they're as accurate as they can be, but they're just an estimate. But for that period, uh, from October the 1st until February the 1st, they're saying that in the US only, there have been somewhere between 22 million and 31 million people who came down with the flu. Mm-hmm. That it's nearly 10% of the population. That it is 10% of the population. Yeah, that there have been somewhere between 10 million and 15 million 
visits to medical professionals because of people having the flu, that there have been between 210,000 and 370,000 hospitalizations uh, due to the flu, and that in the US alone, over that three-month period, there have been between 12,000 and 30,000 deaths from the flu. And those figures eclipse anything that the coronavirus has done so far. So again, it just adds to the, the curious situation that we're seeing mm. around this virus and the, the very, very sharp reaction that it has been to it. And uh, some of the consequences of that, which have included a, um, one of the worst routes in years on the Chinese stock exchange, uh, as Chinese stocks plummeted because of the the travel restrictions and trade restrictions uh, that are happening, mm. particularly in the trade war between China and the US at the moment. Uh, and uh, and as an aside, and uh, again, I found another story reporting about the uh, difficult state of the US healthcare system at the moment, which was a, a report put out by uh, what I believe is a private company called Awara, A-W-A-R-A, awaragroup.com. Uh, saying that the U.S. health care system is in crisis and giving some quite detailed reporting about uh, that. Yeah. They, they have a, a table here that uh, compares the cost of health care in the U.S. versus other countries, and uh, it's quite considerably higher. Um, another a table that says uh, country ranking on life expectancy with, with health expenditure, so they're comparing life expectancy health expenditure in terms of percentage of... Uh, Oh, so a share of the gross domestic product and uh, top of the list for the best life expectancy and uh, quite a low percentage, 5.8%, I think it is, of GDP spent on healthcare is Hong Kong, okay, which is interesting, yeah. uh, followed by Japan, Switzerland, yeah. Spain, Italy, Singapore, South Korea, Israel, France, Norway, Australia comes in at 11th, Sweden, Canada, Finland, United Kingdom, Germany, European Union, Cuba, and then the United States comes in at number 13 where life expectancy in years is currently sitting at 79 and the amount of GDP um, spent on healthcare is 17.9%, mm -hmm. which is quite high. And I think we said the other, the other day too that the, uh, the life expectancy in the US is actually dropping at the moment for the first time of any uh, developed country in the world. Mm. That's rather interesting. Particularly for, Particularly for men in my generation. Okay. Oh, yes. Um, so so, so true in the 40s or so. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So there's that, that Gen X group, uh, which is really the only one that has been declining over the last 10 to 15 years. And what do they point to with state. that? What do they point to that? I think there's a lot there with, well, as Steve just pointed out, mm. um, healthcare in general, yep. uh, people not being able to get the healthcare that they need. And then just imagine what that's doing to um, the rest of society and how that ripples out. Mm. Um, that's going to affect uh, production. It's going to affect um, just well-being in general. It's going to affect what people are earning. It's going to affect all sorts of things when you have a sick population. And I'm just amazed that we still cannot connect the dots of the U.S. Mm to a healthy population and what that does for the rest of society. Hmm. It's also interesting, I'm thinking are. your generation is very much caught between a rock and hard place between my generation uh, and all that came with that. You can, the baby boomers and uh, right. Steve's a little younger than me, but about there and those who, who are in their say twenties now who are probably accommodating to the, the massive changes that are occurring. They grew up with the technology, et cetera, et cetera. And you somehow sort of caught in the middle. And I imagine there's probably even more mental health problems arguably in that, uh, in that, 
age group. I think you're right, and yeah. I think that's also leading to um, suicide increase and a number of other things that uh, that is causing more more yes. earlier deaths. Yes, so. yeah. I'm sure a lot of that would be related to the value shift as well, and people mm. being born into a world that's demanding a shift in values, but not supporting yeah, the new right. values because the old systems are still at play which makes it very, very difficult and, and stressful for people to live in a society where the, the social systems don't fit with what their values yeah. are telling them they need, yeah. Um, back to the coronavirus, I know you've got more there too, but I'm interested in there, you pointed to a piece that was in the ABC just a, a few days ago about um, a thing called uh, Event 201 scenario. Can you talk a little bit about this? Because it's rather interesting that this occurred not long ago before this outbreak of the coronavirus. Not that there's a direct link or anything, but interesting. No, look, it, you know, it, it caught my attention when mm. I, I read about it. And uh, so this was a, a tabletop exercise. And uh, as I understand it, these kinds of exercises have, or they happen every year just prior to the flu season, usually, you know, medical authorities. And um, in this case, uh, this event 201 was organised by uh, Johns Hopkins, yes. uh, which is a medical organisation in the US, together with the uh, Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and there was a government body involved as well. Uh, they all came together just to look at um, what was needed in terms of response from the government and the private sector in case of a, a flu pandemic. And uh, they were looking at a coronavirus outbreak, but as I understand it, coronavirus is like a, a, a term that covers a whole range of different viruses, yes. including SARS and the Middle yeah. East, the MERS thing that happened uh, years ago as well. So I, I don't see it as being specific in any way, and I, I doubt that you know there's any connection between this event and the outbreak of the coronavirus, but it is just, I guess, coincidental that they yeah. used that name in, in on this tabletop exercise, which was held in October. Last and year. threw us all of us back a little bit to to 9/11 to that day in 2001, uh, where it is understood that there was a on the same day I believe there was a, a, a practice run a rehearsal for such an event. Whether that's entirely true and it's a bit mixed up in in sort of modern mythology, where how much of this is true or yeah, not? Yeah, well, I think that is true in mm. relation to to 9/11, and and that that is the reason why this uh, caught my eye when I read about this uh, but when I looked into it from the, the small amount of research that I did I don't see that there's any obvious link between that exercise and, and the coronavirus outbreak mm. um, but I, I wouldn't say the same about the, the 9-11 yeah, exactly. that seemed a little more suspicious <laughs> it, it was very suspicious <laughs> yeah. very suspicious indeed yeah so um, so just a brief coronavirus update there uh, I think it's it's good. It certainly uh, limited the spread of this virus that there has been such a, a rapid and strict response to its outbreak. It still seems uh, quite relatively harmless compared to other stuff that's going on. I and mean, you look at the, the general flu figures as we just quoted there in the US. I mean, mm. gee, there's a whole lot of people dying in the US from the flu at the moment, but no global uh, alert around that. Uh, and yet we've got one here, and I, I still can't help but feel that there's some relationship between the trade war with China and the, the international response that's gone on there. But it's it's interesting for Australia know. that today actually our dollar has dropped to the lowest level for 10 years, so that's rather good for Australian trade going out. So there's a positive result. One could, one could say is partly uh, a result of the coronavirus and the response to that. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, that's all we have on the coronavirus this week. And so we might... Uh, One other question, though. Yeah, sure. Written in. Hi, guys. Don't you think this corona thing is just another attempt at keeping people living in fear and looking to authority for help? It's kind of what we're saying, I guess. I mean, how would you figure that in? 
Yeah, look, it's it's easy to come up with these theories, but it's very difficult to prove them. Uh, and uh, you know, we're we're trying to present a balanced opinion here on the show. We're trying to defer to or default to facts that we can confirm. And in this case, as we said last week, there are a number of really unusual occurrences that have occurred around the coronavirus outbreak, including the the link with uh, scientists traveling backwards and forwards from Canada Canada prior to the outbreak. Um, You know, the fact that there's been a lot of international tension between China and other countries the fact that this outbreak in China's forced response has really impacted their trade seriously. It's caused their stock market to crash. The worst route in years, they're saying. Uh, and so, you know, you could draw a lot of lines between dots there, but we, we don't have any proof. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.